I like to say hello and welcome you. Good day, that is my name. Come here and sit down. I'm so glad you even really truly came. Welcome to the 60s. What? And then you start to drive yourself crazy, and you're like, oh no, oh no, oh no. I'm pretty sure that's the whole song. That's all it, it is. is. Yeah. Hey, mama, hey, mama, do Oh, yeah. One of the reasons I don't know the words is because I can't understand anything my kids say when they sing. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's generally the yeah. the drawback with uh, musicals in high school. But mm-hmm. this one, I got most of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. there are certain times where, like, well, I'm going to just have to fill this in with my head. Yeah. With my imagination. Yeah. They, we, I mean, that room in particular is pretty awful. I am looking at podcasts instead of what I'm supposed to be looking at. Instead of performing a podcast. Yeah. What are we doing? Well, we'll find out, won't we? Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Cast Party. I'm Brennan. I'm Dave. And happy Monday, April 9th, everyone. That's definitely the date this episode's coming out. <laughs> I was like, "That's not today, is it?" Nope what? it's the ep- it's the day that this episode was supposed to come out. Right. But we had to delay a week because you rudely left town, so you wouldn't have to do this with me. Yeah, that's exactly why I did what I did. Yes, it's like I can't take one more podcast with him. <laughs> I gotta or, leave. Or spring break. Happy spring break. Yeah. Try R.I.P. Spring break. It's R.I.P. Spring break. Yeah. So I have this thing left over from when I first started teaching. Where is it? A lasagna. Not like that kind of thing. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> a mental state, I guess. So we used to finish. Lasagna is more of a state of mind. I mean, if you're Garfield. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, okay, sorry. And Mondays. Carry on. Uh, so the musical would end, and then that was like pretty much the end of the year. Like there was some stuff like we would do a banquet and a this and a that, but like there wasn't any performances. There weren't any more nights of me having to stay at work. And then like about four years in, we started doing the one acts in the spring and I was like looking forward to that. And it didn't take a lot out of me to do that. Yeah. And now I direct a senior one act and then we do the one act. We do the one act festival and I'm directing as part of it. And then there's the senior cabaret thing where it's all the seniors doing musical theater stuff and banquet. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, we can't, I can't take a break. Like there's no break. I used to, I just had it in my head. Like, Oh, I get to come back. And it's like, kind of relaxing uh, and I focus on my English class and the drama kids are all doing the one X and I don't have to like lecture anymore. I just have to kind of observe and help them. And it's like all the stuff I love about teaching. And then I was like, Oh no, I got all this stuff going on. <laughs> oh man. So I'm dealing with that. It's like a paradigm shift for me. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'll, I'll live. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't worried about that, but now I am. Yeah. Don't, don't be worried. Okay. I need you in two weeks, Dave. Just okay. hold on for two more weeks. Or one week so that we're back on... No? Uh, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <sighs> um, so, Dave. So, Brennan. What's our topic for this episode? I don't know. I think we're going to figure it out as we go. Yeah, we'll see. We floated a couple topics, but none of those happened. Yeah. So, right now, we're going to scroll through IMDb News and see what's going on. Yeah, that seems what... Big wide world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you, has any been anything happening in pop culture that's like stuck out to you lately? Um, and like, hmm, that was good, bad, well, exciting. They sure made a bunch of Jane Austen movies in the 90s, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've been doing. <laughs> so topical. Um, okay, let me think. I did see Ready Player One. Okay. 
Um, it was better than the book. Oh, I don't know if that's good or or it was hard to. Was that a high bar? To... No. Okay. I did not like the book at all. Okay. It's mainly just a list of like movies that exist, um, more than a plot. <laughs> oh. Um, and this at least got to condense that into like you're looking at one frame and there's a bunch of like little references to other movies, but oh. then like more stuff happens. Okay. And it is more character based. Okay. And less 80s reference based. That's fun. Which I did like. Mm-hmm. But it was fine. What else happened? What else happened? There are uh, movies. There's music probably. Well, the mo- I know that the movie The Quiet, A Quiet Place has like yeah, done really well at the box office. I will not see it. No, you won't. Um, but <laughs> but your favorite The Office is in it. Yeah, my Mr. favorite The, the office. office. The title yeah. character. John Office. Yes. <laughs> office Krasinski. <laughs> No, yeah. Jim um, Krasinski. I mean, basically. John Halpert. How many more of these can you do? A million. Um, (laughs) That's what the episode is. (laughs) Jim Officinski. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm like really happy for him. I mean, not only will I not see that movie because it's, I guess, kind of scary. Yeah, I probably could handle it. It's more like, that's not a movie I'm excited enough to see that i'm going to go by myself because at this point in my life that's what i have to do to see a movie like that i don't have a movie going partner so like i need one of those but i like jack is my movie going partner yeah he's, he's not gonna see the quiet place no a quiet place it, j- just put no articles at all quiet place quiet nothing place. i don't want i don't want this nonsense of not remembering which one it is how about quiet yeah shut up <laughs> i would shut up place that's what it should have been. Yeah. I've talked about this, I think, on Scream 101 as okay. well. But uh, the worst movie-going experience at A Quiet Place. Oh. Because it is a movie that That's... is basically stripped of sound, right. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very quiet all the time. Uh-huh. And it is, you know, it's based on what you can hear in these tiny little sound effects and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and there were a bunch of 12-year-olds in the front row. And one of them was like actively Snapchatting at certain points. Fun. Um, there was like they were mostly fine, but then like halfway through, mm-hmm. I guess one of them went to the bathroom or just showed up halfway through. Mm-hmm. But in like a really tense sequence, he just came like barging into the theater, yelling something about like how he couldn't get a cheeseburger or something. It freaked me out <laughs> because yeah. it's a very quiet movie, and you're just yeah. listening, and it's tense. Yeah. And I was like. This doesn't seem in in tune with the theme mm-hmm. of the movie I've been watching so far, but no, it was just this kid being a dingus. Yeah, and then literally in the final scene, he got up in front of the theater, started spinning around with the light on his like camera phone pointed at him, Whoa. and started yelling about cilantro because he thought he was really cool and funny, and because like he's so random. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, there was a... That's tragic. Oh, yeah. He's the worst. This is like a tragic story of a human being's formation. Like, he's been raised in a way that he thinks this is appropriate behavior. Yeah. And his friends have done nothing to stop him. No, his friends are all like, hey, man, how's it going? Blah, mm, yeah. I'm 12. Ugh. I'm 12. We feel like adults now. Yeah. Ugh, We're no, in a movie without our parents. Yeah, it was the worst. Um, but there was one hero dad who yelled at them every time they did something. Oh, good. Who, like, was the mouthpiece for the audience. Yeah. And literally, he did not waste a second. Oh, he yeah. was like, I'm Wonder Woman. I'm on this. Let's yeah. go. 
Um, what kind of things to yell? I want. He's like, "This isn't your house, idiot." <laughs> <laughs> I love it when people like when someone's being an idiot, thinking they're being funny, and then the person that gets mad at them is way funnier. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> that kid's like, "Aren't I funny in random internet culture?" And then the one guy's like, "You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, You're funny back there. I like you." Yeah, he like I was a little wor- like oh, one of the one of the like adults in the audience he mm-hmm. left to like go get the manager or whatever no, that's not how Which, to handle it no and then because because inevitably mm-hmm. the person like the manager or s- probably some underpaid usher they sent yeah um walked into the theater they they had already quieted down at that point yeah. because that's exa- that's how it works always stood there for 30 seconds and watched yeah right walked up the stairs then left yep it's like thank you so much for doing this this yeah. was a real service that really worked you weren't wasting our time or the movie manager's time. <laughs> um, but the movie was pretty good. Good. I didn't love it. Um, I, I, I think a lot of people are like really into it, which is awesome. Yeah. But it reminded me a little too much of signs, I think, mm. in terms of how the characters are placed in the story and the functions that they have. Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen signs? No. Okay. Well, it's it's um it's a horror sci-fi movie. It's M Night Shyamalan. Um, yeah. It's about aliens, and it it's kind of couched in this like kind of almost quirky Wes Anderson family sort of. Okay. Like, cause the boy kid has asthma, and the girl kid, um, she thinks her water is contaminated because she's like kind of OCD, so okay. she leaves these glasses of water lying around, and she's like, yes. "There was a hair in my water." Yeah. And bas- I think one of the classic lines is like. Oh, there's a hair in my water and I saw an alien outside the window. Like basically like yeah. these two things are of equal importance to me. Um but but guess what? Um the al- spoiler alert, I, I guess. Um the alien's weakness is water. Right. So And her conveniently superpower. they just like have a, a bunch of water lying around. Yeah. And then the 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 boy kid gets like gassed with poison gas but his asthma saves him. Um cuz he can't breathe. Yeah. Got it. So like I feel like A Quiet Place had a lot of, like, character elements that were very obviously going to be important mm-hmm. and not necessarily, like, interesting or, I don't know, just, like, part okay. of a three-dimensional character. Okay. I was like, I, I can just see all the puzzle pieces and I can see where they're going to go and I don't yeah. love that. But also, I've seen a lot of movies, so. Yeah, you're not, you're not great at the not thinking about every other movie that's ever been made while you're watching a movie. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I literally, <laughs> never mind. It doesn't matter. Quiet place. Yeah. Pretty good. Good. Check it out. I can't even remember what's going on in the movie I'm watching currently while I'm watching it. I'm like, wait, who is that person? I don't have a Rolodex of every other movie going through my head. That's true. I mean, I used to be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like I still, you know, I live in the now, mm-hmm. but especially with movies that are structured in that way. I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to happen later. Yeah. Or like um, we were watching Santa Clarita Diet on oh, Netflix, okay. which is great. Is I it, love that show. It looks it looks fun. Like it's, it's definitely like a gross out show, mm-hmm. but that's not its whole reason for existing. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's really dryly funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are certain, especially in a sitcom, you can always see the setup of yeah. where this is going to go, where it's like, yeah. I can see all the pieces that are going to finally happen. If you're if you're yeah, if you're looking for it, it's usually when you're when you kind of don't want to watch something that you will start to do that. Like I I find or or like 
in, in a situation where maybe something's being hyped a lot, you can be like, okay, I'm, I'm watching, you know, like we talk about like the, the hype before something can kind of ruin it for you. Yeah. But like, at least I think for a normal person, for you, maybe not, maybe you're, it's just your overactive brain going, hmm, yeah, dot, 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 got kind of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there are still some very surprising things about the show and things mm-hmm. that are great, but like the basic structure of like an episode's plot of like, oh, we're going to build a farce up from this. I'm like, yeah, yeah I see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so did you tell me a story about someone's dad watching the abyss with them? Nope. Then I'm going to tell you this story. Okay, good. I literally, I do not remember who it's from. Okay. So I'm stealing someone's story. I think it's your story now. <clears throat> yeah, it kind of is. If you don't cite a source, then I think. I think that means that it's your story. Yeah. I okay. wish I could. I, l- I don't remember. Um, but it kind of reminds me of that, of like kind of b- drawing your attention back from the movie and kind of exposing the artifice of it. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's this kid. He was watching The Abyss with his dad, and he was like, holy crap, this movie's awesome. Uh-huh. You've seen The Abyss, right? Mm, maybe. <laughs> like, it's fine. It's not. When it first came out, and I don't... I think I've seen some scenes from it. Like, I okay. don't think I watched the whole thing. Honestly, it's fine it's, yeah. it's not a favorite of mine right but there, there's a scene where this guy he's having trouble with his like wife or whatever mm-hmm. and he wants to decide whether or not to like keep his wedding ring or mm-hmm. whatever and there's a part where like um he needs to keep this door open for some reason and he has his like hand stuck and the door closes around his wedding room and wedding ring and it doesn't crush his finger because the ring like saves him and the kid's like oh my god the ring saved him and the dad's like huh, get it <laughs> because he's like yeah you know he's sticking with his wife and that's the like mm-hmm. metaphor and the kid suddenly the whole movie comes crashing down oh no <laughs> and he's like oh no it's all fake <laughs> yeah it's not real it's crafted by a writer yeah anyway. i had i had a similar experience where uh it was like a lazy saturday or something and jack and i were like trying to find something to watch and he's like i want to watch woody woodpecker and i was like okay so he turned on Woody Woodpecker, the new movie. There's a new movie? Yeah, it's on Netflix. And it's like, who's the dad in it? The dad in it is like a, a guy that was on Psych, if you ever watched Psych. No. Okay. I'll look so he's like, he's like an actor that you may have seen in something else, but probably not. He's like um, one of those character actors that's like a one character actor. He's like a USA network character actor. Yeah. Um, he's like, he's been on a lot of law and order episodes or something. Maybe. Yeah. So he, um, it, I mean the plot of the movie, like it started and I went, Jack, you want me to tell you the whole plot of the movie? And he's like, I'm like, I don't, I haven't seen it before. Let me just guess. And he's like, okay. So I told him, I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Should I spoil Woody the Woodpecker, the Woody Woodpecker movie? Um, yeah, who cares? It's like, you know, the dad moves there and he's this big city guy and he's going to build this giant house on a lake and everybody's upset about it and Woody Woodpecker especially. So Woody Woodpecker is like sabotaging the construction. Oh, okay. And so uh, it's the it, nut job too, nutty by nature. Sure. So he gets there and he's got his like super annoying fiance with him. But then there's the like woodsy, awesome like park ranger lady that comes up and meets him. And, and I'm like, okay, so here's what's going to happen. Oh, and he's got a son and he and his son don't get along. I'm like, so he's going to, so sorry. So is this animated or is Woody Woodpecker is only he's animated? Yes. Okay. You know, know, one of those, one of those, it's, it's a real Looney Tunes back in action where you're like, how am I supposed to believe this This is clearly like, it's a cartoon interacting with a, yeah. Anyway, that that's never been my problem with those. It's (laughs) not like, 
I feel like Bugs probably didn't really shoot this scene. Yeah. Well, no, I just, it's like when it's all, I mean, it's one thing when it's like a classic cartoon character and it's kind of like, it's Bugs Bunny and he's uh-huh. like is a cartoon Woody come to life. not a classic cartoon I mean, character? it is, I guess. What I'm trying to say is like, they don't acknowledge that he's a cartoon at all. Rather than like the Bugs Bunny movie where they're like, eh, you're a cartoon. Isn't that kind of how it goes? I think so. Like yeah. they acknowledge that they're like, you're the toon squad. Or yeah. Whatever. This is like, no, that's a bird over there. And you're like, oh. no, it's not. It's three feet tall and has hands. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know yeah, what I, mean? I, I know what you're saying. Like it, it, um, and it clearly doesn't, it's not like it's computer generated to look like everything around it. It's in another movie. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So like, uh, I don't know. I I was like, so the son and the dad are going to get get along in the end. The dad's going to fall in love with the park ranger. He's going to decide not to build the big fancy house and build something nice. And right? And and then uh, I got sleepy and I fell asleep. <laughs> Cuz it was so bad. And I was like sleeping on the couch over there and when I woke up, I was like, "Oh, the movie's over." And Jack was like, "It was exactly what you said." Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." It took about 10 minutes to be able to see every plot line coming oh, in. Oh yeah. So, but that for me, it's always when I'm like, I don't want to watch this movie. I'm not going to suspend my dis- disbelief. <laughs> okay. So you like over engage with it out of spite. <laughs> well, I'm just like, oh, I can see what's going to, you know, like yeah. even, I don't know. I'm not letting the movie take me away. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're not swept up in it. And I can, I can get swept up in a movie where I'm just like, I'm, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen almost because I'm just like looking at it, you know, like letting it happen, letting it wash over me. Or whatever. Yeah. You're too close. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it, just for me, like, it's like whenever someone gets a gift in the first scene of a movie, it's like, <laughs> yeah, that has to happen. That has to come back yeah. and save their life in some way. Right. It, it's just like there are certain scenes that really highlight specific items where yes. you're like, well, how's this going to, like, save the day or change their life uh-huh. or who cares? <sighs> What's the name of the movie? That Evil I'm Dead. Dead. Th- How'd you know? <laughs> no, it's a some sort of it's Sydney Poitier and somebody else. Guess who's coming to dinner? No. In the heat of the night. I I I mean I saw this movie when I was a little kid. Okay. And it's about people going on like some backpacking expedition and there's a cop or two in the group and they know that a killer is in the group and they have to like Oh, is like the, like the deer hunter? No, sorry, that's the wrong one. Night yeah. of the hunter? Mm-mm. It's something. I'll figure it out. I I know what you're talking about. Anyway, so as a kid, I solved the mystery right away because <gasps> the killer, the criminal at the beginning had a big bushy beard. Uh-huh. Right? And the character that ends up being the bad guy at one point, they just show him and he's like, he's clean shaven, but he's like itching his face, oh. like scratching at his beard growing back. And I was like, oh, that's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I think I said it to my dad. I was like, I think that's the guy. And then I was right, and he was like, how did you know? And I was like, he scratched his face. And, and was you like, as a kid who didn't, do yeah. not know how beards work. No, but he like, he, it was like, he did something, like a really obvious gesture. It was real brief, but it was like, you know, it was just a cutaway to the guy. Being yeah, like, it's like, I used to have a beard. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Yeah, no, because there's certain things where you're like, well, this doesn't seem to fit into the scene that I'm watching, so mm-hmm. it has to be something we're meant to notice yeah. later. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm always really impressed with like people who can like set up exposition like that organically and make you not mm-hmm. really notice. Like that's a really difficult, delicate high wire act to do. Yeah. Um, and for the record, the guy who played the 
dad in that movie, I believe, is Timothy Omenson. Yes. I wanted to call him Tim- Timothy Oliphant, but he's yes. not. He's from Santa Clarita Diet. Yes, he is, he's so which good. is why I couldn't remember the right name, because... Because you remembered of... the better person. Okay, I'm going to get there. Shoot to Kill oh, is the okay. movie I was talking about. <laughs> An <laughs> FBI agent teams up with a tracker to pursue a murderer after he vanishes into the mountains and infiltrates a hiking group. Ooh. Yeah. Sounds fun. And I believe... Yeah, it's Sidney Poitier and Tom Berenger, and then I think... Uh, I think it's Clancy Brown that plays the bad guy who is the the um guard in Shawshank Redemption. Oh, okay. And right. was in the Highlander movie. He can't movie. hear during storms. Yes. And and Highlander, he was in Highlander. Oh, he's in some iconic roles. Anyway, good for him. Okay. Um no the thing is uh, you were right that I don't know Timothy Almondson for any particular reason, mm-hmm. but I do know I've been on his IMDb page before looking yeah. him up because it's you can't forget his profile picture. Look at this. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't tell if that's ironic or not. No, you have no idea. I don't know. I can't tell if he has a good sense of humor or he really thinks he's important. No. He was in that show. I want to say Gallup. Yeah. That's what I just learned. Yeah. I that, saw one episode of that. Yeah. <sighs> Did you not like it? I just was like, what is this? What genre am I watching? This is comedy? Where's the funny? Yeah, it just, it it seemed very dry to the point of just being like totally a desert. <laughs> yep. It was, yeah, it, it was not good. I'm I sorry. did not like. And I'm... I was all about it. I was like, that looks great. Like a really silly show. <sighs> yeah. Every, every joke and punchline was like, oof, <laughs> oof. So I thought anyway. the guy who played Gallivant was cute though. Oh, so that always helps. Yeah. Didn't continue watching it though. No. Um, anyway, so we both talked about some stuff. Mm-hmm. What else have I seen? I did see, I, I had, I, as I mentioned, I have been also, along with reading the Jane Austen books, I have been watching Jane Austen movies. Yeah. I did watch a uh, a version of Pride and Prejudice that came out in 1940, and mm. Laurence Olivier plays Mr. Darcy. Okay. It's honestly pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, they play it as a broad romantic comedy, which I believe it always should. Oh, okay. Because Jane Austen, her books and her characters are very funny. Yeah. And the people who adapt them always make them like too serious. Yeah. Um, Pride and Prejudice always like when you I know that it's supposed to be there's supposed to be humor and it's like satire and yeah. like the adaptations all end up being fun like the you know like yeah like Bridget Jones Bridget Jones and stuff but then when you watch it it's like all these people taking themselves very seriously and like Kira Knightley underbiting like the Dickens <laughs> that's, I, that's how you know it's serious as she really gets her underbite going yeah jets that jaw lips were harmed in the making yeah. of this movie yeah um but no it was like it definitely brought out the comedy more it was mm-hmm. written by aldous huxley who wrote brave new world um which is a book that i love mm-hmm. um but uh the thing is in the main role lizzie bennett was played by greer garson um okay who she was miss miniver i think like that was her like big role 
But um, the character of Lizzie Bennet is 20 years old, mm-hmm. and Greer Garson was 36 when she was filming the role. Perfect. And she, Lizzie Bennet is supposed to be like kind of, I mean, at least the way that most adaptations kind of place her is like she's kind of the modern girl who's mm-hmm. like outspoken and kind of chafing against the rules of Regency society. Yeah. Um, but she was very much like, I want my character to be a lady. Right. I'm a movie star in yeah. the 40s. Yeah. I'm going to talk like this. Oh, my God. And it's it was so hard to watch some old movies. Yeah. Like, you can appreciate how great they are, but if you come at it from the wrong angle, it becomes a comedy. Yeah. Like, like, like groundbreaking movies like Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, yeah. I mean, just like, because like, that's a legendary performance. It's one of the most legendary performances of all time. And when he does his iconic moments, if you're looking at it from a modern perspective, it's like funny. Yeah. When he's like, you're tearing me apart. It's like, all right. <laughs> Calm down. Well, okay. But at that point, nobody had done anything like that on screen. So it seemed so raw. But in the movie, it feels like there was no build. How did you get? You were just like sitting there and then suddenly you're screaming. Why? Acting. Yeah. Well, I mean, because like acting and filmmaking, fashions do change. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Like as the years go by, mm-hmm. and that's actually something that I have been noticing watching these Jane Austen movies. Okay, because they're all set in the same time period. Yeah, but uh, a lot of the movies I've watched are they were made in different decades, and uh-huh. the things that change are so fundamental and so strange and interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I I was wondering if they would change, like if a version of one of her novels from the eighties would be different from one from the two thousands, because they're they're the same thing. They're the same story in the same, yeah. like the late 1800s is when they're set. But no, I watched a version of North Danger Abbey from 1987. Okay. Half of it looked like a Bonnie Tyler music video. Oh, there was a lot of steam everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> there were like uh, electric guitars on the soundtrack. Good. It Good. was really bizarre. Mm-hmm. And like, there are things that are outside of the story that mm-hmm. really do change. Yeah. And like, cause you can tell when a film is from, even if it's not talking about, yeah, like heart or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, like you could tell a comedy from nowadays if it has no script. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's very clear that like we're just gonna like here's the premise, and we're gonna you have like fifty different options with e- with each line, and they're all, and then they cut it together, and you're like, this is a hodgepodge. Yeah. And there's exactly one shot of a man giving full frontal nudity because yeah. that's funny. Yep. Um, although recently, I'm trying to think of a way to say this that's more polite. Mm-hmm. But recently, uh, what has become like the thing for like R-rated comedies is yeah. a joke about um, a, a woman's like downstairs hair being oh. like very big, I guess. Yeah. Which is like, okay. Yeah. That seems like it's outdated, but also like that's the the thing now. There's yeah. one of those in Mike and Dave need wedding dates. There's mm. one of those in Rough Night. Mm. So I think that that's what has transitioned from the uh, from the from the from the dingle. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Like if you think about the quality of work that's happening in so many places, and then when you go to movie comedies, it's like. Well, 
where did all the quality go? Yeah. And why is John Cena starring in a I big budget movie I, comedy? I do find him funny. Do, I thought he was pretty funny in Trainwreck. Trainwreck. Yeah. But not a as a lead. It, a lot of it just had to do with the fact that it's like that's John Cena and he's doing some stuff that like puts him in a bad light. Uh-huh. And that's like, wow, that's amazing that he's willing to like not be like the biggest strongest person in, you know, well, biggest strongest, but like the most high status person in the movie. Like he takes low status at times and like yeah, is kind of makes himself the joke, which is great. But this new movie Blockers. Blockers. Oof. First of all, terrible title. Mm-hmm. Don't um put a cuss word in your title if you're not going to commit to it. Yep. Um no one will know what to call it. Yep. Um that's my problem with the TV show Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. Yeah. Um what do you call that show? I don't know. Nothing. It was a pretty good show. Was but it? But it was fine. Um yeah. but like my family and I kind of found it on Netflix and we were like this is actually much better than we thought it mm-hmm. would be. Um but yeah, uh but I did listen to an interview with Kay Cannon who directed Blockers. Mm-hmm. And she is a woman. Oh, well, that's cool. Um, and the way she talked about how she like approached creating the characters mm-hmm. made it seem more interesting than the trailers made it seem. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, maybe, like, I haven't seen it yet, but I will check it out and I'll report back if it mm-hmm. is a woman's perspective on, like, the R-rated raunchy comedies because that yeah. could be good. Yeah. And, but I wish it was just about the three teen girls because yeah. they seem really good. Yeah. I don't like... I just, the basic premise, I'm like, this is uncomfortable for me yeah. in every way. It It is it is flawed as a narrative mm-hmm. and also based on some like really regressive norms. Mm-hmm. It, it just feels very weird. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's the, it's like the plot of American Pie. A plus. From, from a girl's point of view. Yes. But if their parents all knew what they were trying to do. I mean, you, I'm pretty sure Eugene Levy knew, but yeah. um, <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. That's, Isn't that basically what's happening? And it's yep. like, oh, look how wacky with these parents trying to stop that from happening. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, no, that's messed up. That's really gross. <laughs> Helicopter parenting, great. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so American Pie is great. Love yes. it. Mm-hmm. The thing I like about American Pie is that like, I've, it's kind of, I've, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. It's not a feminist movie mm-hmm. per se, but it is a movie that like while still being raunchy and sexual and objectifying mm-hmm. women, it is about the dudes discovering that the women they're trying to sleep with are human. Are beings. humans. Yeah. No, there, there, you're right. There is an element of it where it's like, we're all doing this because this is what guys do. You yeah. Know? Like they're all kind of living up to something to try to impress each other. And yeah. then when it comes down to it, they all have these like kind of, real experiences and all of them yeah they it yes yeah and that's why i love that movie it's mm-hmm. so good anyway yes um john cena john cena i don't watch the wrestles the wrestlings i haven't watched the wrestles since before the rock was a thing whoa okay yeah so you won't be able to help me with this but mm-hmm. i do have a question um we do we sell wrestling figurines at work sometimes yeah um and his like john cena's thing mm-hmm. is just putting his hand in front of his face yeah like fully open Mm-hmm. just like he's waving it. to himself yes does he yes why you can't see me i believe is what that means but i can't, can't see me but i can yeah well 
I mean, his, it's, his it's hands, a hand gesture. Yeah, he's just alarm. His hand is alarmingly big, and I'm uh-huh. always just like, it's the size and color of your face. Yeah, and it's kind of frightening, but I don't. Yeah, it just it seems kind of lame in when it's not in motion. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me because, um, like I was wrestling was kind of ruined for me when I found out it was fake. Oh yeah. So then it was hard for me to but i also i was never that into it i kind of got into it for a little bit i had a friend that was really into it it was just kind of you know it was like fun silly but it was also back when like i couldn't even watch like i'm gonna go back in time a little bit for you younger listeners all you millennials out there i took us back to 1940 so i think we're good i'm gonna go back even farther okay all the way back to 1988 (laughs) <laughs> sure time's a flat circle yeah so we had to go all the way around the horn yeah yeah no but um like there was a point where like you know i was really into sports as a kid and i wanted to watch sports but like the local teams weren't on tv and not like how it is now where you know i don't know if you know this but like dodger fans can only watch dodger games if they have the right cable provider because okay, they so can't like strike a deal because they're they're owned they're TV rights are owned by like Time Warner. Okay. So if you don't have Time Warner cable, they you can't watch it. And that, because there's like a disagreement between the different cable companies, they won't agree to carry each other. Okay. Well, once Disney buys them all, that'll be fine. Yes. There Problem we go. solved. Yeah. So, but when I was a kid, it, they just weren't on TV. Okay. Like there were games that just were not on TV. Like there were no TV cameras there. And so you would like, you'd turn on the sports at, thing at the end of the news and it would be like and this happened in the game oh. we don't have any highlights like there was no there were no cameras uh, isn't that okay it's like a crazy thing to think could you listen to them on the radio you could listen to them on okay. the radio but i was a kid I well yeah no and, like, lay there in the dark i was just wondering if yeah. there was access at all so wrestling was on also so i would watch wrestling because it was on now that's a sport that was made for radio yeah so i but like it's kind of i'm like why did i what also, you know, no DVRs, so you just had to watch what was on the TV and and what? things like that. <laughs> Is that I think that's the uh, fifth circle of hell. Yeah. Oof. You know what? I'm re-experiencing it because I stream everything. Uh-huh. So if there is something happening live, oh yeah, I, you can't watch it. I can't watch like um my Oscars is coming up. What is that? The NFL draft? Oh, okay. It is a th- is it three or four days now? I think it's three days. It used to just be two, but now they've made it a third. It's nuts. But I used to record it on multiple channels, like DVR it on multiple Aww. channels and watch both versions. I'd flip back and forth. And now I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to miss parts of it because I just don't have control over my life and I can't DVR it. And I, I'm like, what am I going to do? And I know last year I kind of set time aside to sit and i like uh-huh. had one channel streaming on my ipad and one channel streaming on the tv Aww. but the way things are going i don't know that i'm gonna be home for it and i'm like what do i do there's no there's no on-demand version of it and i'm almost considering like could i get cable <laughs> get the tvr installed that seems complicated get it all set up and then as soon as the draft is over be like and i'm canceling again <laughs> just like make friends with a neighbor <laughs> right yeah That'd be a good idea. No, because it's like f- so much, so much TV time. It's so long. You'd be like, hey, um, here's a cup of sugar. Can yeah. I stay here for three days? Yeah. Oy. 
Like, I think one of the days Jack has a baseball game, so I'm going to be like, man. But, like, that's still sports. So yeah. One time, I was at my sister's softball game, uh-huh. and at the other softball pitch, mm-hmm. um, they were shooting Real Housewives of Orange County. There you go. So that's my sports. There you go. That's I also better. don't watch that show. <laughs> it's just weird that I'm, like, suddenly I'm like, oh, I don't. I kind of want a DVR back, even though I was barely using it when well, I had it because I had so many options between Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime. And now I'm like, but there's like a couple things that fall through the cracks every year. Okay, wait. So the the draft is on the like premium cable or whatever, or is it? On yeah, like it's on basic? like ESPN. Oh, okay, but I, I mean, I can ones. watch it live. But once it happens, I have no ability to go back. So if I'm late uh-huh. coming home, I'm gonna miss what i want to see that's all right yeah i mean you won't know what team lou Gehrig got on yeah exactly yeah i i cannot tell you why i love the draft so much i don't understand it but i like no i totally get it i get so excited okay but i also get excited about like casting news and trailers and i think it's the same thing it's like the anticipation of a thing so it's like ooh, now this guy's on the team what's that gonna be yeah how's that gonna change the dynamic yeah what's it going to be no that's cool yeah um I'm going to just list as many football facts as I can. Just see what I got in there. Mm -hmm. The Eagles. That's a thing. The Rams. Yes. Green Bay Packers. Yeah. There's a couple Mannings. Uh, Yeah, one of them retired. Eli and Peyton. Mm -hmm. Um, Their dad was also a Archie Manning played in the NFL too. Sure. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. He has a brother who won The Bachelor. (laughs) The Bachelorette. Or was The Bachelor. No, he, he... He's with the Bachelorette. I okay. doubt they're still together, but they uh, were. Yeah. They were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Rice, Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice. I did it. Tim Rice. Tim is... Rice wrote Chess the Musical <laughs> <laughs> and The Lion King. That's less exciting <laughs> to me. <laughs> uh, um, I got a touchdown. Yeah. See, I'm trying to meet you at your level of needing to talk about sports. To. I can you feel that. To. I can feel that void. I could for create you. a sports podcast if I really wanted to talk about sports. Um, let me let me do some more. Uh, Super Bowl, very good. These Half are all time. good. <laughs> Madonna was there. Okay, I'm done. Hey, um, so you came and saw the musical at my school, and you mentioned something today about like stage to screen. Is there any? Are there any musical like screen musicals that you really love? Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, that's a great one. That one, I think... Partly because it's so understated. Yeah. In its own way. And kooky in its own way. Like, Yeah, and, and the thing is, uh, Little Shop and Hairspray are actually very similar because they're musicals based on cult movies yeah. that then got made into movie musicals again. Yeah. Um, I think that third step only happens to the best of them because mm-hmm. a lot of movies get made into musicals, at least these days. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they did. It happened with. I just can't believe it when it happens. When it's like, "Hey, remember that movie from the '80s with the great soundtrack? We're gonna make that into a stage musical." And you're like, "Okay, I guess." Like Footloose, and then they're like, yeah. "Remember that? Remember that musical based on that movie? We're gonna make that back into a movie." And I'm like, "I don't think I care." I kind of. <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> I really want them to make a movie of Evil Dead the musical, which oh. is so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, okay, movie musicals. I'm actually going to rewatch Hairspray soon because okay. I haven't seen it since it came out. I haven't ever seen it. Oh, you watch it together. That'd be great. We should do that. I haven't watched the original movie since right after it came out. I just bought that too. We could have a double feature. Yay. But I, I 
You know what? Here's the thing. Okay. I don't like it when... So, okay. So, The Producers is one of my favorite all-time movies. Oh, that's one of those too. Yeah. I don't like the musical because... Not just because they change so much, but kind of the tone okay. changes. Like the fundamental spark that you responded to. Yeah. Like the characters are so different to me that... I don't know. I mean... Whatever. I just remember I went and saw it on stage and I was like, that was, that was fine. Where, Mm. I mean, the, the original movie, I'm like, it's so great. Why, why try to recreate it with different people? Like the performances in it are so iconic that Uh it's like, so now, I mean, I saw a touring production of it and I was seeing understudies. So I was really like, this is. Uh, we are scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like th- this guy doing an impression of Matthew Broderick doing an impression of Gene Wilder. I'm like, what am I? What? A, what uh. This is diluted too many times. Yeah. And it, I don't know. And then when they did the movie musical, the movie of the music, whatever it was with the original cast, but I was like, but they did it on stage and now they're doing it in the movie. And I don't think I like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm okay with that because I, I do feel isolated from the theater living in California. Yeah, it's tough. And I feel like living anywhere between California and New York would feel even more like that because we at least have some theater. Yeah, we do. Um, I mean, we have good theater around here. It's just really, the problem with theater is it's really expensive. Yeah, well, that's true. But like, we haven't seen Hamilton. It is coming to us. It is coming. But that like musical phenomenon was exclusively a New York situation mm-hmm. for years. Yes. And My mom's seen it twice. So. Well, good for your mom, right? I mean, that's great. That, I'm glad. I hope <laughs> in she San Francisco it. she saw it twice. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah. It, whoa, what was I saying? Oh no. So I don't mind if they use the main, same cast to make a movie because mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, I feel like I get to be a part of this. Sort of, yeah. Um, of course, if you do it the way they did Rent, it's like the cast is already <laughs> ten years aged out of their uh. roles. <laughs> They're like, we're in our early twenties. <laughs> yeah. We got pay rent. Yeah. And Except we all we all have receding hairlines. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was really sad. Yeah. That should have It really and what's what was hard about it is some of them had uh, become kind of established people or people that you'd seen around so that like it was almost like you got part of the beauty of rent when it first came out was that it was all these like everything about it was unknown. Yeah, it's bohemian, that's the point. Yeah, and it was an unknown writer and he had already passed away and like there was so much about it that was kind of that it's like they should have just found some unknown perf- whatever <laughs> that's not how hollywood works no except weirdly mm-hmm. when making hairspray yeah the lead role of hairspray yes is a young woman who is overweight mm-hmm. and it's always played by an unknown yeah because young overweight women don't just waltz into hollywood and get roles yeah which I always find super interesting. Like mm-hmm. they always cast the big stars in the other roles. Yeah. Like you've got your John in the movie, John Travolta, John Travolta. and Christopher Walken mm-hmm. and um, Queen Latifah and all of them. And, and Amanda uh, Bynes. Zach Efron. Not, yep. James Marsden. But the, yes, the guy that's not Chris Pine. Cyclops. <laughs> yes. James Marsden. Um, and then Nikki Blonsky. Yeah. Who is great. Mm-hmm. But had, 
not really done any movie work before Mm -mm. and did not do any after. Yeah. Because that's how Hollywood works and they make Mm -hmm. one movie about a fat person and they're like, here you go. You had your moment. We're moving on. Yeah, which is, I mean, it just speaks to how terrible the industry is for that kind of thing. But that is something interesting. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I was looking up the cast of that more recent Hairspray Live. Yeah. And the main girl, never heard of. Everyone yeah. else, it's like, you know, Harvey Firestein or whatever. And it's like, I know who that is. Well, he played the original on Broadway, didn't he? I don't know. But he did I play the did. mom in the new one, too. Yeah, he played the mom in, on the in, on Broadway. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Which is funny. Okay, so our our in our production, the boy that played it can really sing. And it's usually played by someone who can't really sing. Oh. Like, it's because it was Harvey Firestein. <laughs> who can't sing. Um, so when you listen to the original soundtrack, it's like, Oh, I don't know how I feel about <laughs> this, his voice in those spots. Um, and yeah, anyway, it was cute. Um, are there movie musicals that you really like? Are there ones that you kind of hold up? Because I suggested this topic and mm-hmm. you didn't want to do a full episode on it. Cause you're like, eh, yeah. I don't really know. I'm trying to think like one that always comes to mind for me is guys and dolls and not, because it's so great, I feel like it's not that good. But because it was like they cast the two main roles, uh, the two male roles, it's um, Frank Sinatra okay, as Nathan Detroit and uh, Marlon Brando <laughs> as Sky Masterson. And Ma- Brando almost kind of pulls it off. Like he can't sing oh. quite well enough to sing the role. But... It's like, I I love it, but Guys and Dolls is very special to me because it's kind of what sparked everything for me as a okay. performer and everything. I was in, you know, I was in some locally written musical, the first musical I was in. Um, and then, but when it was when I was in Guys and Dolls and I like got a role with a name. Aww. And then like, I got, that's when I really, I caught the real bug then. Like I was, I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do for a while. Um, so I have a, a lot of affection for it and I don't know how we did this. I don't know how we got the rights. I'm a little like, did we get the rights? Because the while, probably out. while we were doing the production, the touring production came through San Francisco. So we oh. were all able to go see it That's in really San Francisco cool. and we even stole some of their bits or oh, the best wow. we could. We couldn't like we, we tried. Yeah. There was one. You saw it once and tried to recreate it. Well, there was one bit that was really funny in their production. And then our kid playing Nathan Detroit couldn't do the comedy part. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, so, but it was like this, it was a big thing in my life, that show. So that movie, even though I'm very aware of the flaws, I kind of love it. Um, Okay. But then, um, what's a really good movie musical that I love? That's the thing. So I'm like, I don't really love sound of music. It's a classic. I have never been able to bring myself to watch that. Oh. Because it's like three and a half hours long. Yeah. And I mean, it is good. I know the basics. I get it. Yeah. And it's Julie Andrews. Yeah. She's really great. I mean, I've seen West Side Story, which is the same director's other really long musical. Mm-hmm. West Side Story, I have a hard time with tough guys doing ballet. That's rough. Uh-huh. And and I show it in class, and the kids start giggling. I'm like, it doesn't doesn't hold up. Um, it's great ballet. What they're doing is great, but yeah, ballet for more than about 35 seconds for me. I'm like, I get it. 
Yeah, that, that, it's uh, it's not an art form that yeah. speaks to me either. Yeah, um, I think the song "In America" is great, and yeah. Rita Moreno is great. Yeah, but I I could take or leave the rest of what's that story. Yeah, I'm trying to think, especially Natalie Wood in Brownface. Yeah, eee. that's uncomfortable. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> and and the fact that the two main roles are being sung by other people. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, both oh, Tony and Maria sense. are not singing. Yeah, that's how that used to go most of mm-hmm. the time. Um, speaking, of, I mean, that's still. Where's the a, movie? Uh, Chicago. I remember Chicago coming out and that being a big deal, and me being really bitter. <laughs> Sounds about right. Because they cast a bunch of people that couldn't sing, and they were like, "Wasn't it great? They almost sang." <laughs> I mean, that that was the style for a while. Mm-hmm. It's like let's hire stars to do karaoke. Yeah, that's how Les Miserables happened. Although I, I liked a lot of Les Miserables. I felt um, like a lot of the people in Les Mis could sing. They just made a really bad choice to have them sing live on set. That too. I mean, I think Russell Crowe was the big one yes, for that. Yes, Russell Crowe couldn't sing in that. Everybody. But he's in a band. Anyone could be in a band. I know. That was. I think that was the thing is they were like, well, he's in a band. Put him in. Oh, no. What have we done? Yeah. But damn, but they could have found someone else to sing that. Honestly, he's so incapable of singing that I find it irresistible to mm-hmm. listen to. Yeah, like it—it's not so—it's not unpleasant. It's just wrong. Yeah, it's we its weird. Yeah, and I, I do listen to his song a lot because I'm like, what's happened? Like my yeah. brain's trying to wrap my my itself around it. Yeah. Wait. Um. Oh, but the the girl that plays—I never remember their names. Uh, is it Eponine? Eponine. That's Samantha Barks. Right, the she's the, the one that's in love with the boy, and she's never going to be with the boy. Yeah, yes. and her waist is like an inch in diameter. Okay, yeah, but she's she sings. Um, what's her On big song? My own. Yeah. He's beside me. me. Okay, so she was actually on maybe Broadway when when she found out or like West that, End or something. She was playing that role on stage, yeah, and they cast her, and that was really cool to me. That's the casting from that that I was like, awesome. Yeah, and she's and, really good. Yeah, and I was excited that Hugh Jackman was going to be in it, and then he sang it all weird the whole time. Well, and that's why we got The Greatest Show. Yes. Okay, wait, what are some other m- movie musicals? Well, they died for a long time. Yeah, I they mean, sure I think, did, and then Mamma Mia brought them back. I think I think Little Shop is probably my favorite yeah, movie I mean, musical. That I mean, it's, it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. And the special effects are astonishing mm-hmm. in that movie. Like the the puppetry. Yeah, the puppetry work. Mm-hmm. I mean, only like someone who's worked that closely with Jim Henson for so long yeah. could have pulled that off. Yeah. Um, I, I watched it again recently and I was like, oh, this is still mm-hmm. so spectacular. Like it's something that I'd, if I watched it now, I'd be like, how did they do that? Mm-hmm. But especially that long ago. Oh, it's it's stunning the way yeah. they brought that plant to life. Mm-hmm. So good, and Steve Martin's good. Yes, Rick Moranis is great in it. Um, let's go just watch the little shop of horrors. Again. <laughs> let's just turn that on and we'll sit here and watch it. Yeah. Like, remember, remember that part. That yeah, part's it's good. So good. Um, yeah. We've been talking for fifty minutes already, and we haven't. We don't have a topic. No, this is, this is exactly I what never I never worry. I know this is what I thought the podcast would be when we. It was like let's just talk about whatever's on our mind. Um, wait, but I feel like there's something you know when you're like I. I feel like there's one more musical out there that I really liked, and I don't know what it was. Uh, so. Okay, okay, Moulin Rouge. I didn't. I didn't like it. It's fine. Mamma Mia. 
No, I never saw it. 10 that. out of 10. <laughs> uh, no, Mamma Mia is one of my, my bad, good obsessions because okay, yeah. I'm aware it is. Ooh. Yeah. It is. Uh, That's the one where it really was like, what are you doing with this casting? Oh, yeah. You I cast mean, 100% people that can't sing. Meryl Streep can sing. Okay. She was in Into the Woods, which is another movie musical that I'm throwing onto the table. It's fine. I kind of liked that. Yeah. I kind of liked it. I, I, the problem with the movie is the same problem I have with the stage show, which is just end with I wish. And then it's great. They sing that number. And then you're like, well, that was fun. And then, then the second half of that musical is so slow and yeah, so boring. It's so random. And so dark. And every time I've seen it, I'm like, oh, no, this part. Yeah. <laughs> Although in the movie, they shortened that quite a bit. Yeah. And they changed some key parts that made it not make sense. Oh, yeah. I I didn't understand it. Yeah. But the but first it, part, I was like, hmm. I mean, it doesn't make it not make sense if you haven't, if you've, like, if you haven't seen the original. You got trapped in a prison of grammar. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen the original stage play the changes are almost imperceptible. You're just like, Oh, I feel like there was a storyline that didn't get wrapped up. And that's all it is, is like, you're like, but why, uh-huh. why didn't they wrap up that storyline? Um, but for the most part, I, I liked it. And I liked the, I mean, that's one where there were famous people cast, but they weren't like, Oh wow. Stunt casting. Uh huh. It's a lot of people that were pretty good. And, um, that's where I discovered Billy Magnuson, Magnuson. Um, who plays one of the princes, Chris Pine's he's brother. He's the other prince. Yeah, he's the other prince. Okay, what's he also in? Um, I feel like I've seen him in something. Well, he was in The People vs. O.J. Simpson, okay, um, the that. miniseries. He was in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on the newest season. Oh, okay. Um, have you? I know you don't love that show. Did you watch I the I haven't caught up with the new season, and I should. Okay. I, I like it enough to watch it. Okay. I don't like it enough to be like, like there's moments where if I'm really locked in, I will laugh a lot. But for the most part, I'm like, it's... Kind of silliness washing over me. Yeah, it's, it's airy. It on. Yeah. Um, he was also in Game Night, which came out um, this okay. year, which was, he was great in it. And mm-hmm. that was very good. It was a good movie. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, it's gone. Was Goodbye. he in The Greatest Showman? Is that why you discovered that you talked about discovering him? No, I mean, oh. th- that that's that's the movie that brought him to me. And I've mm-hmm. liked him in everything I've oh, seen okay. him in. Because um, I always feel like, especially that prince is always... The, the one that Chris Pine plays uh-huh. is the one that usually stands out in the show. And the other one tends to kind of fade in the background. I felt like he faded in the background a little bit. Probably. I thought Chris Pine was great, though. Yeah. no, That's was... one of my favorite roles. Yes. I Seriously, I just I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Ta-da, did it. Did that get made into a movie? Uh-huh. Was it Jim Caviezel? No. No, it's from the 70s, and it's really good. I really okay. like it. But they, there's parts of it that people don't like because it's, um, there's, like, no set almost. They, It opens with, it's like a theater troupe arriving in the desert of, um, oh, geez, Jerusalem? No. Sure. Wherever. Bethlehem. Bethlehem? Wherever, wherever all that stuff goes down. Where he lived? or like where They he- basically film it on location. Oh, okay. But like out in a desert, like it would have been, and there's no sets, and they're like in a cave, and then they're like on a thing. It's really cool, and it's very abstract and kind of um, minimalistic. And, you know, it's the idea is that it's, it, although it takes place in the time of Jesus, it's also in the 70s. Like there's a 70s vibe okay. to all the characters, and so they're dressed like it's the 70s in a way, and 
It, I like that. Yeah. I also, when I first saw Jesus Christ Superstar, I saw it with the Jesus and Judas from the original movie. Okay. And I hadn't seen the movie yet. So then when I went and saw the movie, I was like, whoa, those guys were much younger then. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I saw it on like the, I don't know, 20th anniversary or something. Um, but that is a musical that I love. And that's one of the music. It's like my, I rediscovered it, the one that was on TV over Easter. We watched oh, okay. part of it with my mom and I was like, oh, this is the musical I'm the most obsessed with. Like I know every word to every song. That's interesting. I've n- I don't know like anything about that one. I really love it. Okay. You know, it's Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, the creator of Starlight Express. Yes. It is. I think it's my favorite of his musicals. I think it's you really. You don't love cats? No. I think it's really cool cat, and there's a lot a of uh, cool stuff in it and it's very different than his other stuff. It's okay. A lot more edgy. I'm into that. I, yeah. the only one, the only musical of his that I'm really familiar with is Phantom of the Opera. Right. Which like, you know, Phantom yeah. of the Opera is great, but it, it's like, you know, when, uh, I, I don't know what it, I keep, I want to say vanilla, like vanilla ice cream tastes great, but like it, it it's a, uh, it's basic mm-hmm. musical theater. Yeah. At this point. Like, cause it's such a standard. It's like, yes. Like it's just been seen by everyone. So it doesn't, I guess it doesn't feel special to be like, I really like Phantom. It's like, yeah. Everybody that sees Phantom really likes it. Or it's like when you're really into the Beatles, you're not going to be sitting around talking about Hey Jude all the time. That's the only song I talk about. Exactly. Because <laughs> you're not a true fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, I knew about the Beatles before they were cool. I mean, I wasn't what? born yet. <laughs> but before they came back around? No, just like before. I was really into the Beatles in the 40s. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, time is a flat before circle. Yeah. <laughs> You were watching uh, Pride and Prejudice with Laurence Olivier. Yes. And you're like, oh. what was Laurence Olivier like? <laughs> <laughs> what was he like in that version? Oh, uh, watchable, he, hard to watch. Very generic. Okay. Um, he actively hated making the movie. Oh. Um, I read a lot of interviews with him after I watched the movie mm-hmm. and he was like, they cared more about the costumes than the actors. Yeah. And I thought they miscast everyone but me, basically. He's rather fussy. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting because he's held up as like one of the great modern actors. Uh-huh. But also, I haven't seen him in anything where I'm like, wow, he's great. I'm usually like, Ooh, this is theater acting on film. Yeah, no, he he wasn't. If you've ever seen either. anybody out there has ever seen his Hamlet, it is not fun to watch. <laughs> oh no! It's one of those things where it's like when someone does Shakespeare in the way that they think you're supposed to do Shakespeare, but it's like not enjoyable in any way. Oh yeah, yeah, just to like be, really big, yeah. or, or not, not to be to be. Oh, it's like boy. that where you're like, like they showed it in one of my. Um, performance classes in college and I had a hard time not giggling. Oh my God. But it's because it's from another time. It's a totally different style of acting. Yeah. And that happen- and th- that'll happen when, you wa- when you're watching foreign cinemas. Yeah. Like I've seen certain um, Korean horror movies mm-hmm. and just some of the ways that at least one particular director that I've seen like directs mm-hmm. his actors is very bizarre. Baz Luhrmann? Yep. My favorite <laughs> Korean director. Um, anyway, Question. Yes. Why haven't they made a movie out of Wicked? I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah. The, the, and the I was, ship has sailed on that one, I think. Yeah. 
I actually was just thinking about another another more modern musical that they should have done, and I don't know what it was, but yeah, Wicked is one that actually I feel like maybe there's one coming. Uh, maybe I I think I think there might be. Um, I, I assume, maybe they know that it doesn't hold up. Yeah, I assume that IMDb has had an entry for a potential Wicked movie yeah. since 2007, yeah. but it just keeps getting pushed back. That. 2019. Sure. I'll believe it. Director Stephen Daldry. Who, what did he do? Mm. Not the greatest showman, so it won't be a great movie. The Hours? Oh. <laughs> the Reader? So Meryl <laughs> Streep is going to play Elphaba. Billy Elliot, though. Okay, so Jamie Bell will be in it. That's fine. Extremely loud and incredibly close. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that's one that should have been. I mean, maybe it, was, it wasn't Hamilton. Was I thinking of Hamilton? Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, Dear Evan Hansen would be um, cool. The music for that is great. Book of Mormon would be fun, but that'd get a lot of protesting going. Yeah, well, I mean, the musical did what it was doing, and mm-hmm. the movie would do the same, and mm-hmm. I think it'd be fine. Yeah. Um, Literally, in when I went to see it, in the playbill, there was an ad for the actual Book of Mormon. Yeah. It was like, you've seen the play, now read the book. Become mm-hmm. a Mormon. Yeah. Um, What's some other popular more recent ones there there usually is like there's been a couple that have been really big in recent years because mm-hmm. theater is kind of dying but there's still single yeah. units that are huge yeah that's how that's how the cinema is doing right now too mm-hmm. like in the heights would probably be great ooh, yeah speaking of lim and miranda yeah i do you know they're they're doing a revival of course of they it, are. sure they are which is so funny to me to call it a revival when it's like we're just gonna we're just going to do it again now that he's famous and everybody will go see it now. Cause it got every award when it was on Broadway and everybody loved it except my dad. <laughs> my dad didn't like it because he was mad. There wasn't enough Latin music in it. He thought it was all going to be about like mumbo and salsa. Oh, okay. And I was like, dad, that's okay. Anyway. Um, and he could, he was like, I couldn't understand anything they were saying. And I was like, well, a lot of it's in Spanish. So, <laughs> but also you're old. Um, yeah. But my mom has learned, my mom loved it. And my mom has learned to like, if she's going to go see something that's a little more new, get the soundtrack first and listen to it okay, where you can really hear sense. it. So, cause in the theater, it's so much harder to hear everything clearly because all that sound is clashing and stuff. But, um, in the Heights, yeah, that would be great. Uh, damn. What's some other stuff that's come out recently? Um, I don't know. There's gotta be other movies that should, or musicals that should become movies, but. Probably. <gasps> oh. I know what it was. What? Um, spam a lot. Oh, okay. I thought Let's spam a lot should be, if you're going to, I mean, but that's one that's like, it's the same thing as the producers. They took one of the great comedies of all time, made it a stage musical, and then you're going to make yeah, a see, movie out of thing, that? Yeah, see, that's the thing. It wouldn't translate because we right. already had Monty Python and the Holy Grail. We already had the producers. And you don't like the movie. That's so true. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I like I like spam a lot. I saw it. Oh, did um, you? I haven't ever seen it. I saw it at the Pantages, actually. I oh, think. cool! For like, I was I was in the really cheap seats that are like mm-hmm. way in front, so you think you're cool, but they're on the side, so you can't see anything. Oh, that's what we had at the Pantages. Yep, they have terrible seats right there. That's what I had for Wicked. Oh, and I that's why I think I didn't like Wicked, is we were my mom like bought us seats right right at the front, and I was like, this is gonna be so great. And then we were so far over on the side, I was watching backstage. Yes, I could see everybody getting ready in the wings, and I was like, well, this is. Yeah, oh, what's that good. light doing? Like, I kept doing that. Uh-huh. But I also, I have a hard time watching live theater without, like, I have to really be drawn in. Um, It has to be really great, or else I'm like, light, 
light. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I wonder how they built that platform. Like it's it's a little bit. Like, of, can I steal this? Yeah. My my mom calls it a busman's holiday, and I don't know what that means. I think it's like you go on vacation on a bus trip and you're a bus driver. I don't know. Okay. But like the idea of like going somewhere to enjoy yourself, but it just reminds you of work. And that's what happens when I go see live theater, unless it's like small community theaters. And then I'm like, look at how they did this. That's so great. Instead of like, look at all the money they spent on this. Uh huh. I could never do this. <laughs> look how many moving lights there are. Look how. Yeah. You know what? Hmm. Avenue Q. That should be a movie. That would be great. That would be great. In like the style of Little Shop almost. Yeah. Because it's so simple. Yeah. Or they could just shoot it like it's an episode of Sesame Street. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That would be so good. That would be good. How have they... Why? They're really missing their shot. Yeah. Because how much money would it take to make that? Avenue Q is cheap as hell. Yeah. Like all of these, I think, would not take that much money. Like I feel like Wicked might because there's some like the Oz elements because it's yeah. like a fantasy... But like mm-hmm. even I mean, Dear Evan Hansen wouldn't be a movie yet because it's still blowing up mm-hmm. the box offices. But once that kind of dies down, yeah. Um, before Ben Platt becomes forty-five years old, jeez. Um, he's done movies already too. He's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Throw him in. Yeah, but it's like I don't know. It's weird because you were just saying like theater's dying, but we're naming all these great musicals from the last decade or so. No, see, well, it, I, but that it's it's the. And this was actually a discussion I had in college about theater. One of my friends wanted to start a theater company, and that was her senior project was, I want to start a theater company. What would you like to see from theater? And I said, stop trying to be Hollywood. Stop uh-huh. making musicals that are all about special effects and spectacle and make it about what theater is about. But now audiences have been trained that spectacle is all that matters. Uh-huh. So that's what you have to do. Well, yeah. No, and, and well, th- that's the thing I was gonna say like movies are kind of the same way like mm-hmm. basically yeah. we're living in a time where movies are making more money than they ever have mm-hmm. they're constantly breaking a billion dollars they're yeah. constantly like disney's raking it in mm-hmm. but that's a very specific amount of movies and yeah. all the other ones are kind of not doing as well as mm-hmm. they used to so it's like we have these uh cornerstones where like look at that that's doing great but like yeah. who's watching like, what are any of the other musicals that are going on right now that aren't that aren't Hamilton? Dear Evan Hansen in Hamilton. There's like that uh, Hello Dolly one or whatever. It's like you don't hear. There's about the Shakespeare them. one. Yeah, nobody knows. Something rotten. Sure. You, if I mean, I don't know how you feel about listening to music of musicals when you haven't seen it. I don't normally like it, but Something Rotten is great. Okay, I will. It's try. all about Shakespeare. It's good. I do like Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, they do Omelet the Musical at one point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Or something. I don't even know. It the sounds plot. fun. Yeah, it's really great. It's really cute. Uh, speaking of the theater, yeah, trust falls. Oh, did sure. you do your trust fall? I did. Assigned? Okay, great. Today, Today. yeah, yeah. I, Luckily, I it was like a two twenty, ago, so. 20 minute podcast. So yeah, I, was like, I actually was like panicking a little on my way out of work because certain podcasts I can't download when I'm at work. Oh yeah, it's that ha- like when your internet's wonky, it can get real weird. Well, just because certain things are, you know, our schools so weird about oh, what you okay. can what websites you can see and you know they're protecting us from whatever and uh-huh. even though i'm signed in as a teacher i still have trouble accessing a lot of stuff but um yeah i downloaded it at work and was listening to it on the way home and it was yeah okay so what do you think i i to refresh the it was memories switched on pop yeah it's a podcast called switched on pop it's like a dive into the 
historical and musicological background of mm-hmm. current pop music, and I asked you to listen to an episode about One Direction. Uh, yeah. So um, it made me remember how much I loved my musicology classes that I took in college. Oh, I didn't and know you ha- took any. I took. It's actually the the reason my son was born was an ethnomusicology what? class. Yes, I failed a class in college. R.I.P. Yeah. So sorry. Uh, called ethnomusicology. How, could, how did you get a job after that? Right. Um, I was taking it past no pass, so it didn't count so in my you, GPA. You no pass. I no passed because I. It was an early morning lecture. Oh. Yeah. And I was doing the thing for the midterm. I was able to just like check out the tapes at the library and like listen to them and study the notes and whatever. And like I was able to get a pretty good job, ger- yep. <laughs> pretty good grade on the midterm without really going to class. And I just enjoyed like listening to music and reading about it. And I didn't uh-huh. want to sit in a lecture at 9 a.m. on a Friday morning yep. or whatever it was. So I, uh, and I was taking a lot of units that quarter to like put me on track to have an easier last quarter of yes. college. And I showed up for the day before the final and he had done us a favor so we could go home for break earlier. We were having the final earlier. So I walked in for the study session. You know how like in yeah. in most big lectures, the last day everybody gets to ask questions and you get caught up. And yeah. Like, so this was the, I walked into the final with, no, I just had a pen and paper. And That's I was like, the nightmare. Yeah. And what I should have done is just turned around and walked out and then, you know, gone to the doctor and been like, oh, I was sick or, you know, yeah. come up with an excuse. And I didn't. I just panicked and tried to take a test without doing any studying. Uh-huh. Uh, I did not pass. Oh, so no. then to you, you no pass. Yeah, I no pass. So I uh I was not on track to graduate on time and I was all depressed and then my dad was like, "You know what you should do? Take a semester abroad and get your last few units." And I was like, "I don't think I can." And I happened to walk by my friend who was a tour guide with me and his other job was like at the weird information booth on campus. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Oh man, I'm so bummed, blah blah blah." And I was like, my dad suggested I could, you know, Go, and I'm like, I can't do that. And he's like, actually, you can. It's called graduating in absentia. Oh. He like told me exactly how to do it. And so I went to Italy to study for my last units and I met Jack's mom. That's so cool. Yeah. So, but it was because I failed this class that I really liked. It was all about like the Caribbean and Latin American music and where they, how they originated. And it was really interesting and really cool, but the lecture was too early. Yep. No, that'll do it. So I, I loved listening to them talk about just breaking down music in that way. I don't know enough about music to follow everything, but it's always... Oh, yeah. I feel the same way. <laughs> it's always fun when they're like, oh, listen, li- you know, listen to the... the sh- uh, what do they call it? Whatever. Like it sh- changes keys or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I would never notice that. But that's cool to hear someone say it. Um, I didn't feel like I was... I didn't feel stupid while I was listening to it, which I liked, but I was learning some stuff, which was fun. And it was easy. It was an easy listen. I liked it a lot. I liked the, that podcast so much that I decided I wanted to listen to an episode about Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Since I don't understand why Kendrick Lamar, I'm like, I want to, I want to enjoy Kendrick Lamar. But every time I listen to it, I'm like, what's happening? This music doesn't sound pleasant. So I was listening to them talk about it. And okay. It was like, okay. I still don't think I really enjoy it, but I'm going to give it another try. No, I, I'm so I I listened to part of a second episode because I like that's it great. So, much. so I w- it would be I don't know that I would subscribe, but I would go through and find stuff that I'm like, oh, I'd like to hear what they have to say about this. Okay, particular. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, no, their podcast actually gave me more of an appreciation for that uh, Justin Timberlake song, "Can't Stop the Feeling." Oh, okay. 
because I should listen to that. Yeah, because I love that song. Yeah, for me, I was like, oh, it's just like one of them earworm songs. Mm-hmm. He's trying very hard to be Pharrell's happy. Yeah, exactly. And they talked about it, and I was like, I never looked at it that way. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, they also have a really good one about diva modulation. It's okay. basically how like Beyonce will use a key change, mm-hmm. and it like goes through the history of that. And it's super good. Oh, cool! So I was so glad you liked it. Yeah, that was a fun listen. Okay, I good. I don't know that it'll work its way into its into my regular rotation. That is fine. I'm also having a little bit of a crisis with podcasts where I don't want to listen to any. Like you're, I go through my like podcasts and uninspired. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to listen to this one. I don't want to listen to this one. Uh, and then there's like a couple that come out and I'm like, Ooh, I really want to listen to it if it's about a certain thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, I, it's been weird and my, my podcasts are starting to pile up and I'm like, I got to delete them. I'm just going to have to delete them. Yeah. And then you'll forget about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched Jim and Andy. There's a whole subtitle that I don't remember all of. Yeah. I don't um, know. The, something about the beyond yeah and they had to mention uh, that other character that he played um oh shoot what's his name no i normally I, could come up with it but for some reason it's not there i don't know it's like yeah. and a legally mandated mention of that guy mm-hmm. um i i'm afraid i can't bring as good tidings as you did for my recommendation yeah. i i didn't love it mm-hmm. um I think that Jim Carrey has gotten a reputation recently for being a crazy person. Yeah. Like for having become a crazy person. Right. And this is basically a, a prolonged interview mixed with old footage of mm-hmm. behind the scenes of man in the moon about how he like came to create the character of Lloyd Kaufman. And it's about Lloyd Kaufman and him and Andy Kaufman. So oh, shoot. Lloyd Kaufman <laughs> makes a lot of horror movies. Okay. Um, yeah. Andy, Ka- apparently I should have paid more attention during this. Yeah. Documentary. No, um, yeah, I'm I'm bad at names. That's okay. But, um, yeah, so he has gotten a reputation for kind of becoming unhinged mm-hmm. and kind of becoming this crazy, like, spiritualist almost. Mm-hmm. And I think what this movie taught me is that he's always been that way. Well, yeah, that it, like, almost goes back to that yeah. movie. That's what I thought was so fascinating is, like, okay, that is... he's been a crazy person for all these years and uh-huh. we didn't notice, but his career changed drastically after that movie. Uh-huh. He stopped being funny. Like, his comedy just, like, he wasn't funny anymore and he was, like, I don't know. There was, like, a sadness to him and... yeah. It no. just uh, to me it was fa- it was a fascinating character study in Jim Carrey and watching, and then he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm like, I'm on another plane of existence," and it's like, "Oh no, no, something popped, like something snapped in your head, yeah, and you got really famous really fast, and your brain couldn't handle it, and this is how you're reacting." I don't know. I think maybe that just made me too sad. Yeah, and I didn't enjoy that. I did enjoy the footage from the past and like getting to see the weird collection of celebrities that were just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Um, Tony Clifton is the guy. Tony Clifton. Yes. Um, yeah. So I've never seen man in the moon. Okay. And I don't have a lot of context for Andy Kaufman as a human being. Okay. Um, so I don't know if all these people were involved in the making of the movie. Yeah. But like they would be backstage and the kind of Michael Stipe would be hanging out from REM. Right. Was he involved in the movie? I mean, he wrote the song man in the moon about, Yes, okay. Andy Kaufman, which is where the title of the movie comes from. Okay, so he was probably an Andy Kaufman fan. Okay, yeah, and just things like that. Yeah. And that was really interesting. And I did. Um, there was a scene with Danny DeVito mm-hmm. back in the time. I love Danny DeVito. Yeah, but also it's him kind of reacting to Jim Carrey, like, "What is this guy doing?" Yeah. 
What's so weird is that, you know, Danny DeVito plays a different person in the movie than himself, but he is on, he got famous on Taxi. Yeah. Which Andy Kaufman was on. So it's like this weird, like, ah, so much existentialism. Yeah. <laughs> And we got to see Carol Kane back in the day, and mm-hmm. I love seeing her. Yeah, and Courtney Love is like a whole human being. Mm-hmm. Courtney Love playing is playing the same character she played in the uh, People versus Larry Flint, but just a different like uh-huh. the romantic love interest that is like by his side all the time. But she's got some issues and deals with all his tragedies. Anyway. Yeah. No, so that was really interesting, kind of that throwback mm-hmm. quality. And that is a time that I was barely around for, yeah. if not around yeah. at all. Well, was it early 90s? Uh, it's late 90s late when 90s. that happened, okay. when Man in the Moon came out. Okay, so I was alive, but not yeah. really. Uh, no. I didn't really know what was going on. I know on. I was in college. And is it Man in the Moon or Man on the Moon? Man in the Moon. Man on the Moon. What? Man in the Moon is a different movie with like Reese Witherspoon or something. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Man I on don't even know. the Moon. Yeah, it's Man on the Moon. It's 99. Yeah. It's 1999. Okay, yeah. So I was five. Yeah. Um. So I wasn't really around then. But mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of context now for what was going on then. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to kind of see that come to life in yeah. this really candid way. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and the part about um, Andy Kaufman's daughter never got to meet him. Um, yeah. but she like had a long conversation with Jim Carrey in character, mm-hmm. which is kind of creepy right? and like overstepping a lot of yeah. boundaries, but it sounded like it was mutually Heal- satisfying. Yeah. To like them. healing and other members of his family. I mean, I guess I should have maybe given you, or I guess you could have like read a Wikipedia post about him. Uh, but Andy Kaufman, I mean, really his whole thing was you never knew when he was, serious uh-huh. and when it was for show and and like when he died everybody very much felt like when's he gonna pop out this uh-huh. can't be real because he's always you know this is his most elaborate prank because that uh-huh. was you know he was kind of the original like i don't know tom green or whoever like where you don't know where the comedy ends or begins and like mm-hmm. um you know one of his more famous things was he showed up for a concert and everybody you know they couldn't get enough of him and he hated it you know he hated them you know do foreign guy or whatever and he hated uh-huh. so he would be like tonight i'm going to read the novel the great gatsby and then he sat there and read the great gatsby to the audience and they just all you know they laughed at first and he would be like quiet down quiet down quiet down and it's like oh this is so funny and then he just kept going and eventually the whole audience left huh like did he would just he would just like antagonize his own fans. He his whole thing and like that joke is really funny to everybody, but the people that came to see that show. Yeah, exactly. Like that's a funny story, and it's yeah. not a good it, yes. performance, right? So like, I mean, I have you know he did that whole thing where he would wrestle women, and he was really sexist when he did it, really misogynistic. Uh-huh. But it was like a character, but he never broke character, and like he really got people pissed at him and. But he was like, isn't it great? Like, his whole thing was like, isn't that so funny? Uh-huh. But it was like, is it? <laughs> no, and I, I guess that blending of yeah. of identity mm-hmm. and then adding Jim Carrey into the mix, right. such, that is such a weird mind meld of yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, And you're right. It, it is interesting. I think talking about it has increased my appreciation for mm-hmm. it. 
but I don't know. I I just felt I felt kind of bummed out by the yeah, whole thing. It's, it's it was a like, bummer. It was just yeah. You know what's interesting to watch? Uh, have you ever watched? Well, this may be a recommendation, I guess. Comedians in cars drinking coffee. Yes, with I've Jerry seen Sen- a few of them. One one of them is Jim Carrey. Oh, and if you watch it after watching that documentary, it's like, oh no, oh. like it seems like what he's doing is funny, but then at the same time you're like, oh no no, he's. He's we serious. think it's funny because he's Jim Carrey, but he's like a crazy person. <laughs> like, and he has those moments where he goes on a, on his like existentialist stuff. Yeah. And Jerry Seinfeld's like, all right. Like, <laughs> but then he's like, I'm a painter now. And he shows him all his paintings and you're like, okay. Like just massive amounts of canvas with paint all over. Oh my like, God. It's like, oh yeah, no, he didn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or but like, to me, it's a commentary on like fame and what it does to you and like, yeah, the industry and this guy was literally—he was known as the white guy on *In Living Color*. And then, and like he was Fire Marshal Bill. And then he had three movies in a row that were the these huge hits. And then he just was this huge celebrity, and he was a millionaire. And he kept it, yeah. And everybody wanted him. And he, similarly to Andy Kaufman, when he went on a talk show, he wasn't allowed to just come out there and be like. Let me tell you about my movie. He had to come out and like, what's he going to do? Oh, yeah. It's always I, a bit. Yeah. And I think that's part of what broke him is he was like, who am I? Am I this like caricature I invented? Or am I like this, you know, kind of person that probably was funny because I was broken on the inside? I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. I also, mean, any documentary about a comedian, it's going to be sad because most comedians are really sad. Yeah. I mean, just like having that level of observation about the world. Mm-hmm. The world isn't full of nice things to observe no. most of the time. Well, and um, the need to stand in front of people yes, and make them laugh. And be validated uh-huh. by other people and like totally placing that in their hands yep. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, okay. <laughs> what should we recommend for next time? Okay. So I've said it a bunch okay. and I'm just going to make it firm. Okay. You need to watch The Good Place. I know you've watched one episode. Yes. You need to go farther. Okay. Because after the first episode, it's like, oh, I get what this is going to be. It does not stay that way. And I can't tell you how many episodes you need to watch. Um, I will at least watch two. Okay. Um, They're 20 minutes. Yeah. Episode two and three by next week. I will at least do. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that it grabs you and pulls you in. Okay. Because that's what I know that I watched the first one. I was like, I get it. Like, oh, I get, and then it's, it changes. Okay. So I'm willing to try that. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to be brave and try to bring out a movie this time. Okay. Um, I did bring it with me, so I literally have it. Um, I've been with these recommendations. I've been kind of trying to go for things that I haven't necessarily talked about on the show. Yeah. Just interests where it's like, Oh, I haven't thought about this in a while. Yeah. Um, so I was looking at my DVD shelf and I was mm-hmm. like, what is short and also something I really like and I haven't mm-hmm. talked about? And I hope you haven't seen it. And if you haven't, I'll find something else. If I have. Oh, I'm if gonna, you have. If I have seen it, I'm going to pretend I haven't. No, please don't. For the sake I'll of the show. I'll change something else. Okay. Um, but I brought a DVD. is called In a World. <gasps> oh, I've always wanted to watch this. Yeah. It, it was written by stars and directed by Lake Bell. Yeah. And it's one of those situations, because usually when you hear like someone's done all three, you're like, oh, this is a The Room. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, as in this case- Well, it she's is, pretty great. Yeah. It is someone who has always deserved a shot to mm-hmm. star in a movie, mm-hmm. but no one's letting her, so she did it herself. Uh, she starred in a movie. What? 
It's the one with Ava Longoria, where Ava Longoria is dead, and her ghost is like haunting her old fiance or husband, and Lake Bell is the new girl. So that she's terrorizing. Sound, I'm, I'm talking about like lead. I mean, but, she's the Lake Bell is like oh, okay. a big part of it. Yeah, no, because no, she's been around, but usually mm-hmm. she plays the best friend or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know the new girl. She's in, great on Children's Hospital. Oh, okay, I have not seen that. <gasps> Maybe next time. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I really, really like In a World, and it's a movie that I showed to my parents, and mom was like, oh, "Didn't think you had that in you. Like, it mm-hmm. just didn't seem like from your taste it would like yeah. come from you." Um, I don't know, and it's a movie I really enjoyed. I saw it on my birthday like three or four years ago when it yeah. came out, and. It's funny because I'm like, oh, she's so great on Children's Hospital. Children's Hospital. Children's, there's like several people just oh, on yeah? the cover that are from Children's Hospital. And then is that Ava Longoria in the back? Yeah. So she's casting people she's worked with. Yeah. Which is, Ava Longoria is so good, too. Oh, good. Um, Yeah. There's It's a... Uh, I believe Nick Offerman is in it. I think it was the first thing I saw him in and Tig mm. Notaro. Oh, Tig Notaro um, great. Yeah. And uh, Dimitri Martin, who's like a really offbeat comedian. Yeah, I love Dimitri. Yeah, Martin. yeah, I saw that on the front. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So good I recommendation. Like I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah, because yes. it, it it's just a comedy. It's kind of low key. Mm-hmm. I really like low key. These comedies. are these are these are actually this kind of comedy. Sundance comedies are usually like some of my favorites. Okay, great. When they're good. When they're sunshine cleaners, it's not so much. Well, yeah, no, it, it you can't always win. <laughs> sunshine cleaners was one of the more disappointing things I've ever seen. Because it was sorry. it was right after Little Miss Sunshine, and it was like maybe it'll be Little Miss Sunshine again. Yeah, and then it just wasn't. No, but yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's a movie that I really like, and yeah. I don't want to like over talk it. I, I mean, guess. I know it's about. I I know a fair amount about it because I. It was like in my. Uh, my mom would say in my caress. Like it was, it kept she would be on multiple podcasts that I listened uh-huh. to talking about the movie. So okay, I like, so you get it. Like she was on the Nerdist and she was probably on Doug loves movies and she was pr- like a bunch of things that I listened to. So I heard a lot about it and I really wanted to see it and then I never did. Yeah. So. And, and for the audience, uh, Lake Bell plays a like vocal coach yeah. who's uh, basically teaching people how to like do accents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's um, called in a world because in a world. Yeah. It's she's that. like, she's vying for a, like movie trailer voiceover job yeah. and it's set in that world and people with voices and it's just really mm-hmm. fun. And it's, it's like, there's a documentary about that world, which is good for a while. Okay. <laughs> like all documentaries where you're like, probably yeah. stopped at 40 minutes. Probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's really good. And every time I remember more about it, I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, that's another cast member who's mm-hmm. great. Like Ken Marino, mm-hmm. who's um, on party down. Mm-hmm. That I love and children's hospital. Yeah, that, that makes sense. He works with David Wayne a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm I glad. I hope you like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm, I probably will. I'm excited. Cool. Thank you for the recommendation. No problem. And I will do The Good Place, yes. which I'm not afraid of watching. Like, I did like the first episode. And I'm like, you know what? I probably do need to, my my nose put to the grindstone on that one. It is. So it's like, it is. I would say that I think everybody watches the first episode and is like, oh, that's nice. But it doesn't hook you in. Uh-huh. And most pilots don't. Right. Um, and and it just gets smarter and better the more you watch it. Okay. So, so I, yeah. okay, I feel like this is going to be a good two weeks. Then. Yes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll report back then. Mm-hmm. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at Cast Party Pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to give out our email because I don't remember right now. And mm-hmm. also, you know, you're yeah. not going to email us. 
It's castpartysomethingorother. At gmail.com. Yeah. Um, just type in all the options you think it might be. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of them. It's one of them. Um, I, you do need to retype your email every time. I'm not, I don't want to get CC'd on an yeah, email. Yeah, jeez. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, also if you want to email us just listen to any other episode because brennan says it at the end every time yeah or at least i try to yeah um our theme song is good day by tally hall off the album marvin's marvelous mechanical museum uh thanks i get they let us use this song like i they specifically said yes uh which is are we famous because we talked to them i'm pretty sure is that how that works i guess they were our first email but do you think they listened to us no damn I don't think so. If anybody knows Tally Hall, Tally, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, just tap them on the shoulder and tell tell them about our podcast. Our podcast, yeah. Oh goodness, <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday though. What? <laughs> I was making a joke about how I don't know what day it is. Oh, okay, because it's Thursday. Yeah, but, but also the people right. listening don't know. Okay, to them it's hopefully Monday. Monday morning because. Last Monday did not happen. No, but th- we already recorded this, so I think it'll mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just yeah, I don't know the future. You know, yeah, can't promise anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This file could all get deleted. Brandon could have not hit record. Is that what that is? Are you saving when you hit that those buttons? Yeah, because like you kept hitting them, and usually when you hit buttons in the middle, it means you're like marking it. So if we need to edit, oh no! Oh, so I was like, am I? I what am I saying? No, no, no! You're <laughs> good. I I just do save it because especially a file this long, sometimes it'll just be like. Eh, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Yeah. Hey, man. Don't poop your pants. That's, I gave it a twist. That was I pretty good. It, it was like it a robot. It a gave it like a different line reading, different interpretation. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, hey, don't man. poop your pants. <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining you in, in front of your bathroom mirror like, hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. Don't poop your pants. Don't poop your pants, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, man. Don't poop your pants. <laughs> That's the Shakespearean one. <laughs> I'm Meryl Streep telling you, please don't poop your pants. Now do Brad Pitt. I am Brad Pitt. That's not your Brad don't Pitt. Your, I don't remember. Your Brad Pitt is Meryl Streep. I'm Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, who else is around? <laughs> um, to Adina Menzel or Adele Dazeem. Okay. Um, <laughs> in Cyberland, they only drink... Diet Coke. That's from Rent. All right. That was bad. Do another one. Do a better <laughs> one. That was your fault. You were supposed to say, hey, man, don't poop your pants as Adina Menzel. I'm Adina Menzel. I'm defying gravity. Don't poop your pants. Very good. Thank you. That was much better. I think that's how we should end it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. Podcasts for the weird at heart. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Dave. And we are the co hosts of Cast Party. It's a freewheeling pop culture conversation. I am an online media mogul. And I'm not. I'm a drama teacher. Yes, you, in fact, my drama teacher. We kind of transplant the conversations that we have every time we hang out and do a podcast, and we hope you like it. Check it out. Enjoy at podpeople.me. That was, that was really fun and not awkward at all. <laughs> Bye.